Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 378. This is your weekly DCEU news. I am your host, David C. Robertson. This my co-host, Jason Goss. Hi, and sorry. <laughs> what you sorry for, buddy? I were sick. You were sick. I were sick last week. You were. It was uh, it was rough. I, I, I called Dave to tell him, like, hey, man, I can't do it. And um, I made it no less, <laughs> no more than two minutes before I, I was uh, in a bad way. Yeah. I, I won't get well, into detail. I'll spell pre- spare people details, but I was in a bad way. Sure. Well, you know, I, I think it worked out okay. Uh, we uh, got our buddy Matt Carroll from the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast to come on over. And, uh, you know, he, he's not in the thick of the DCU news every week, and he doesn't get to talk about it a whole lot. No. So uh, things got a bit wayward. But uh, it was, you know, it was fun. And it was like three parts fun, one part frustrating. But it was... I think it was a good yeah, time. He, he's as ADD as we are, and uh, <laughs> he's pointed in a different direction. So I... You know, I realized though. I realized though. That, importantly, I I think he's gonna buy Injustice Two, and we just need mm-hmm. to go like I hunker down with him. Like pizza's on us the whole weekend. Yeah, hunker down with him for Injustice Two, and and play that game. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we don't have that system. And you know, um, our buddy uh, Brent Clark over on the DC TV Squadcast uh, podcast. Uh, had to, like poked some fun at us. He was like, "Oh, this week on the DCEU news, they talk about Star Trek, Star Wars, This Is Us, uh, Party of Five. Oh, and some DCEU news." <laughs> 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 we we got off on some stuff, but you know, I think uh, that, that may have been my fault a little bit. Like me and Matt haven't actually had a chance to talk. I think we were just uh, just I catching up a little. You know, I think we we may have been catching up a little more than we should have. But <laughs> I mean, yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all are old compadres. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Guys, it's uh, encroaching upon thirty years now. Oh lord. Mm-hmm. It's got me beat. Mm-hmm. But so anyway, I I thought we had some fun, and uh, we've actually got a few bits of news here. It's not a huge amount of news this week, but the Wonder Woman news is really amping up. Cool. About time. I'm a... <laughs> well, I, I mean, it, I don't think they did. Um, like, I, 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 I agree with what you said last week. It, I, I think it was they were waiting for Guardians of the Galaxy. And that being said, mm-hmm. I, I, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy this week. It was fantastic. I haven't seen it yet. Um, like, uh, my wife saw it with me, and she doesn't care about any of this crap. Like, she does, she does not care about our comic book crap at all. Like, she's just. When it's funny, it's funny. When it's amusing, it's music. She doesn't have like an emotional investment in any of these people. Well, that's not that's not completely true anymore. Your wife bought a Wonder Woman comic on Free Comic Book Day. She did, and there's a whole thing about Free Comic Book Day I want to get into. But um, <laughs> we, I knew Guardians of the Galaxy was a good movie when toward the end of it. And you, you, bear in mind, I have to I have to juxtapose this to like when she went to the first movie with me because she thought it was. It, it, the trailer looked funny, and Chris Pat Chris Pratt was funny, like suddenly hot. So mm. she thought she'd go to the movie with me, and that was you know okay. But there was a moment where she leaned in and went, "I don't know what's happening." <laughs> it was about the time they got to like the uh, uh, I forget what they call it. it was like that um, giant skull. It was like a space harbor. 
Um, yeah. But this movie, she followed it completely. There was there was no like audience disconnect in her. I knew it was good. Toward the end, I I actually heard her sniffling. Oh yeah. Well, I don't want I don't want to know why because I haven't seen it yet. I I'll tell you this: it is an emotional movie in some ways. Like um, I I got I. I left the theater and I, I, I said this to her. I was like, look, we, we both, we, we both got laughed and we both cried. That's a good movie. And she, mm-hmm. she had to agree. Like that's, yeah, that's a solid film. Yeah. I, I will admit I didn't like around the, 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 the skull Harbor moment in the first one, when I first saw it, I mm-hmm. didn't know what was going on either, but that was, <laughs> I'd lost track, but that was largely because my back was out. Like I, whatever reason, for whatever reason, like, Oh, you were high on pain. No, it wasn't even really that. It was like one of my ribs had gone out. Oh. Like, it kind of shifted. And it was like pulling the muscles in my chest and my arm. My arm was going numb. My chest was kind of stingy and tight. I thought I was having a heart attack. So the entire movie, I'm sitting there like having a an intense panic attack. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll like, do it, man. Yeah, like I can't breathe. Like I got up and like walked around, and I was doing it for the entertainment roundtable. Like we were there to go see it. We were all there to, together to see it um, mm-hmm. for the radio show uh, that I used to do. The Steve and, West um, and all. Yeah, which actually he's left that show. It's real weird, hmm. but um, it's still on. And they have a they. I think there's on. Uh, you can listen to them through uh, looking for Screen Explosion, um, but um, they may have switched it over now. But yeah, uh, gosh, uh, it was it was terrifying. Later on, I watched it. And I was like, "Oh, okay, this is followable. This is good." Like even like, going out, I'm like, "It seemed like it was really good." No, it was it was a everyone seemed happy, but uh, you know, <laughs> it was a, it was a tight movie before. I mean, yeah. I I mean the technical term, not sure. uh, the slang term, but it I, it this one as <laughs> as well a tight a tight script. Isn't the slang term technical anyway? No. Oh no. No. No, tight, tight to me is just like extra words for cool or, um, you know, well, cool, really. Yeah, but I, I, right. mean, I mean, I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's well written. Like the first one was well written. I thought this one was well written too. I, I thought they were both, uh, yeah. provocative, but, um, importantly though, it, it, it made my wife cry. And, um, at that point I thought, yep, we've got a movie here. Mm-hmm. This I the, haven't seen it though. So this is the same woman though. Like she she picks and chooses when she wants to care about things. Uh, like we have we have a redo honeymoon coming up because our first was terrible. Um, like uh, she she broke two bones and and separated a muscle. So we have like the universe owes us a mulligan on our honeymoon, and we've got one coming up. And like we're gonna get back on like Tuesday basically is a travel day for us. And then we've got like Wednesday to to recoup. Like technically, Wonder Woman comes out on Friday, but really it's going to come out on Thursday because that's how yeah. things work these days. Mm-hmm. And I asked her if she wanted to go, and she's got to like she has to like she's going to rebound. She's going to Chicago like just after we get back from Mexico, like on that Friday. Like she's basically going to be in town for forty eight hours and half recouping, and then she's got to go to Chicago, which at least thankfully is in the same you know time frame as us. But yeah. for a second, though, I, I like I was like, well, I mean, do you not want to go see Wonder Woman on Thursday? And she gave me this like still determined look like, oh, I'm seeing Wonder Woman. Because <laughs> it's Wonder Woman. I kind of need to know, uh, you know, whether this is off air or not. 
if we're still if we're going to do a podcast directly after then. Oh, I've already warned her. We're going to do a podcast after it. Like I've already warned her that everyone's going to come over. We're going to have a thing. It's going to be a big deal. Because yeah. I'm seeing Wonder Woman. It's going to be uh, yeah. It's going to be a it's going to be a thing. But Which, I, you know, and I I love her for it. She's uh, and you know I'm a feminist too. It's like she's uh, she's she's hardcore and um, yeah. She ain't missing Wonder Woman, man. <laughs> Like yeah, just, no. It's not happening. She shouldn't. <laughs> she shouldn't. Also, and I know you're going to bring it up later because I I know it's in our news, but uh, man, have you seen that trailer? I mean, it, oh, absolutely. It looks fantastic. That's actually the first thing I was going to jump into. Yeah, go for it. Hit it up. All right. So uh, they released the final trailer for Wonder Woman at the uh, MTV Movie and TV Awards show. Uh, that's where they dropped it. It was they put it in Guardians of the Galaxy two. Um, I defy you to claim that they're not promoting the thing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> can, can, can that finally be the death knell? <clears throat> oh, I wish it could be. Of the, oh, Marvel and Warner Brothers don't like each other argument? Come on, uh, man. Yeah. They, they're scratching each other's backs, man. There's, they, we all know what this is about. Yeah, they all want this content to survive. There's a... Um, there's a great um, interview. You have to pay for uh, the app or whatever, the premium service now to get it. But there's a great interview with Will Ferrell on Mark Maron's podcast where he talks about um, he has this whole ploy where he he plans to – he goes to a toy store and he buys all this fake money. He puts it in a leather briefcase, like an executive brief, briefcase. Uh-huh. And he plans to, like, at the end of his interview with Lorne Michaels, just, like, stop Lorne Michaels in the mid- middle of talking and going, <laughs> Lorne, we can talk all day. But I think we both know the only thing that really talks. And he like opens the briefcase and just starts putting fake money onto Lord Michael's <laughs> desk. And he goes, cash money. Um, he never actually got to do that. And it's a fa- pretty fantastic story. Um, he tried it uh, two or three times. But that is really the only thing that talks is money. And No, <laughs> I, I, I would have this... loved to have done that in like high school debate team. Just, oh, yeah. <laughs> just... It would have been hilarious. And your rebuttal? And just open the briefcase. (laughs) (laughs) Start throwing it at the two judges. Jason, you get an A, but not for the right reasons. Yeah. I just want to point... Well, it's not fair. No, it's completely fair. This is how the world works, sweetie. (laughs) Just... But no, I... You know, we, we had a couple of weeks ago James Gunn and, uh... And, uh... Jeff Johns telling people to stop fighting... Yeah, it, uh, it's a it's crap. a manufactured uh, war. I'll call it. And I think the fans are the mo- mostly the ones that are manufacturing it. Is is what the sad thing is. Yeah, and yeah, you, know, you get where it comes from to some extent, but it's it's not real. Like they, yeah, we're all on the same side here. We all want these movies, and no, it it, it has thing, though, justified now. itself at this point as its own genre where we we're going to be able to get these movies for decades now because mm-hmm. everyone has gone and spent their money right it, if if everyone had been divisive and not spent their money on the other team's films we might not have yeah so absolutely it, go spend your money it's but that's you know that's the sad thing is i don't think everyone is on the same side there are the people out there who are just really angry and don't want a certain side to win I mean, I, you know, I wasn't the hugest fan of Civil War. I wanted it to be really good, though. Like, I always want all of these movies to be really good. I want every movie I sit down to go see to be really good. I don't want to waste my money. Anyway. Yeah. 
You know, I, honestly, what I equate it to is, uh, for me, it's like, for me, DC's the Beatles and Rolling Stones are Marvel. Really? I, yeah, I really enjoy going over to the <laughs> Rolling Stones. Yeah. But I really love the Beatles. Like, I, yeah. I, I can go over and listen to a, a Rolling Stones album and be as happy as I want to be. But, end of the day, I'm going to go back and put Beatles on when I go back home. I guess I would. I guess if you, in those terms, I would think of DC as Bob Dylan and uh, Marvel as the Beatles. Hmm, that's fair. I would also accept but, the know. Kinks instead in any of these Ooh. interchanges. Just for fun. No, the Kinks is Dark Horse. They're just there. <laughs> or Vertigo, actually. <laughs> actually, so, Vertigo uh, might be more apropos. Like they, a little bit. Yeah, they stand would, out. Probably, like yeah. I've always said of yeah. of uh, of the Kinks that they. When they were on point, they rocked harder than the Rolling Stones, and they wrote better than the Beatles at, like, little peak moments. Not in general, but little peak moments where, like, <laughs> there was, like, a, just a just a second where, like, you go, oh, my God, that was incredible. I don't know. Any statement that requires that many qualifiers might not be worth saying. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's very technical. It's a very technical statement. I get you. Speaking of music, what did you think of um, that Imagine Dragons song on the Wonder Woman trailer? Inevitable. Inevitable? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely inevitable. I, I, I wondered how long it was going to take before people started using Imagine Dragons in superhero films. I thought it was going to be one of the X-Men films with the uh, radioactive. Uh, oh, okay. That didn't happen? Or, that should have been Spider-Man. Oh yeah, that would have worked too. Yeah, it, but um, the timing wasn't there. Didn't happen. I I could like when I heard radioactive, I thought, oh, this is supposed to be a trailer, and uh, um, it did. Yeah. It just didn't pan out. But I cool. heard I heard this one, and and you know, Imagine Dragons is one of those like bands where like I hear them and think I wouldn't re-listen to you, but you know, if you're on, I'm not turning <laughs> you off. It's okay. I'm not scoffing. Yeah, actively. like I'm not gonna like. Turn the radio off in spite of you. I'm just not. No. I'm not gonna like seek you out. I'm just gonna tap my foot and roll my eyes a little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, I'm gonna hipster you. I'm gonna hipster you a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'll enjoy it ironically. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I I like this one Roman trailer. I thought the um I thought the Imagine Dragons was kind of fun. It was um, fun. I uh, it's getting a lot of flack with the fan base. Why? People are annoyed. Because it's Imagine Dragons and it's a, um, it's a period piece. Hmm. Pretty much that's right. That's that's their explanation. I don't know. I think they're just... What? I think they're... Uh, um, <laughs> I don't know, the man. They're, they're digging for truffles. You know what I mean? I, I, don't, I don't know what... I don't know what you <laughs> want. Like, there aren't period pieces that can match that cinematography. Like, Patty, Patty Jenkins, right. so far, has knocked it out of the park. <laughs> It, this thing Absolutely. looks fantastic. It really does. I, I don't know if the story will hold up. I haven't seen it yet, but and they actually, it looks they actually great. Said, they actually said Dr. Poison in the thing. Yeah, they, they, they solved that mystery for us just in case there was anything going around. Um, I, I Yeah. It it looks fantastic. I don't know what... It absolutely I mean, does. Wh- what do you want, like 1400 Pennsylvania Avenue to, to, to play in the middle of this? I, I What do you... Like Bing Crosby's not going to cut it for this trailer. Yeah, I don't know. I I could I could I, with I have four different uh, double vinyls of the Glenn Miller band. None uh-huh. of that shit will work. I'm not sure that's true. Oh, Maybe I'm sure. Might. I've listened to it. No. I've listened to all of it. Uh, hey, not going to hey. work. 
and there's some old World War One era stuff that might be able to work. Negative. It wouldn't. It wouldn't have the same effect. It would be more funny than cool. There, it, there but, is actually um, a chance if you did some like old, like Sunhouse blues. There's a chance that might have. Like you put some Robert Johnson on this thing, it might have worked. Yeah, but I was still cool with Imagine Dragons. But anyway, yeah, I I thought it was fine. I thought it was a fun trailer. There's a lot of action. Uh, still no great. Aries. Still no Aries, and I'm proud of that. I'm so happy for them. I am. They I, I, out I feel like they learned me. their lesson. Um, and it's also really cool because we get to see the uh, the shot of Steve Trevor with the lasso like proper. Yes. Um, which well, I don't <laughs> think it was on the previous trailers. I finally got those effects locked in. Yeah. And um, I think it looks like a phenomenal trailer. I don't know. I, and and by the way, this is happening after Guardians of the Galaxy has been released. Oh, I guess I was right, huh? <laughs> um, I mean, really, just, like I, I, I watched this thing in the Guardian, uh, in, in Guardians, uh, you know, in the theater. Like, it, I, the marketing has begun. Oh my gosh, that shot of her like screaming with that wall of flames behind her was that not badass? Was oh, that just not like yeah everything? No, there are. Several moments in that trailer where you think, "Oh man, I want to see this right this now." Yeah. Oh my god. Right now and nothing less. Bring it to me. And I know you have it somewhere. <laughs> they released the Wonder Woman Alley fight scene. Have you seen this thing? Uh, yeah, that little like sneak peek. Yeah, it's like the the full alley scene. Yeah. Uh, where he's like, "Stand back!" and then she like stops the bullet, and he goes, "Well, maybe not." Yeah. <laughs> and of course she's just awesome and like takes down all of these cats except for that one dude that he punches in the face I was pretty happy with all of that well, I mean she just kind of really left fun. him for him I, no and yeah. Chris Pine is it, he is actually a funny guy like it, you, you see the nice oh, yeah. shot of like there's somebody like passing him as they're falling down and he he, he thinks about punching him but he's kind of like oh, he's already kind of falling <laughs> <laughs> he's he's yeah. kind of taken care of He's a really good actor. Like, if you don't I, believe, I really me, do think he was the right choice for Steve Trevor. Like, it, especially with the yeah, tone of this sure. film, I'm starting to think. Yeah, I think they made the right call. Well, that's the thing about Chris Pine. He is the right choice for everything. <laughs> like, any, I'm I'm not joking. I, I'm I'm uh, I'm kind of a fa- I'm like a real fan of his. Starting to become like, a, a Chris Pine fan. Well, look at his, okay. He has like over the course of the three Star Trek movies, he's he became more and more Shatner. He did, and he's and did it well without. At parody. no point has he been my problem with any of those Star Trek movies. He did not parody anything. Like, uh, was there a point? And like, I mean, I know you had uh, problems with the the first one. Sure, not as much as the second one. I think the second one you had more problems with. Um, from a storytelling perspective, yes, I felt like there were a lot of. Strange editing choices. There were some flaws there, and there was like the the, the overall problem with the teleportation. That's like it's the whole thing to get into. And yeah, there was some there was some problems. Yeah, yeah, and but like the like the third, it it was, it was overall it was overall pretty good. I mean, like <laughs> yeah, everything's got its flaws, but it was overall a pretty good film. But no. at any point, did you blame Chris Pine? No, no, he kind of did his job, right? Chris Pine, you know. I saw him years ago in a movie called Smoking Aces. If you've ever seen that movie, he is a weird criminal type. I have seen that and movie. I don't remember him though. I just exactly. I just remember like um, that is he disappears so fully into that role you do not remember him. Like when he was cast as Kirk in 09 Star Trek, people were like, "Oh, he's in Smoking Aces," and I'm like, 
really? Where? And I went back and watched it again. I was like, oh, that's him. What? He's a he's a solid actor. He could really pull off anything. He really could. That might be worth he's that rewatching. Good. I remember Ryan Reynolds uh, doing a good job as he normally does. Oh sure. And I remember card tricks, <laughs> and thinking he actually learned those card tricks. <laughs> yeah, you you remember the uh, like the three like whatever they were like hillbilly brothers. Yeah, he was one of them. Chris Pine. That may be worth that may be worth revisiting. And if you go, if you have you seen Horrible Bosses too? No, I've seen none of the Horrible Bosses franchise. You should see both of them because they're both hilarious. But Charlie I'm, Day's involved. Like, I'm I'm still I, like I'm up for it. And Jason Bateman and Jason Sudeikis. None and of these are bad things. And Jamie Colin Fox Farrell is Jamie Foxx is amazing. And Kevin Spacey, like these are movies you should be watching. Yeah. Um. The the second movie convinced me that Chris Pine could play the Joker. <laughs> all right well i i may have what i'm doing next weekend just just for for science purposes <laughs> anyway all right we should do news what what else yeah, we got? We're, we're we're veering <laughs> i hope everyone followed us if if you didn't um well screw you you're not listening anymore uh, anyone else thanks for oh, following yeah. us um so there's a new TV spot out. It shows a lot of the same footage, Wonder Woman footage. Um, but it states Metropolis has Superman, Gotham has Batman. Now the world has Wonder Woman. I enjoyed that. Um, cool concept. You know, a lot a lot of people are saying like, oh, they're trying to tout her superiority. I don't think it's about that. I think it's about the theme song, the old theme song. The world is waiting for you. Um, I think that's what they're referencing anyway. I, I mean, I, I just think it's more accurate. I mean, yeah. she's even based in, you know, DC in in the comics. Like she's more globally minded than the rest of the Trinity. Yeah. I mean, Batman will tell the Justice League to fuck off if he's got a Gotham mission he feels like is is more important. Yeah. Like Gotham needs me. Yeah, yeah and Gotham... Superman will stop everything that's happening to go save Lois Lane. I it, it's it yeah. is what it is. But there's also that moment where Superman's like, "Dude, Gotham is part of the world. The world isn't All right. Well, yeah, those like the the world's finest have that battle, but Wonder Woman's always on the side, going like, "Yeah, so I'm just gonna deal with the world." My, I honestly, my favorite version of Batman, and I know I could probably get flack for this, but my favorite version of Batman <laughs> is like a combination of the Grant Morrison, Mark Wade Batman, mm-hmm. who, um, you know, will have. He's like, "Fine, I'll just go play on my own sandbox," but he's like secretly got like three more monitors up kind of seeing what, what's going on with the Justice League. And when they Make sure he doesn't up, miss anything like, too big. Oh, my gosh. Let me go help them. <sighs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, like when suddenly fairy tales are real and he has to go hang out and <laughs> tell the like, tell the Flash to come over and, hey, man, so this is what's going on. Don't tell the others I told you because they kicked me out, but yeah. whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, so, um, Patty Jenkins... Uh, was talking a little bit about what or why she thinks it's taken so long to get a Wonder Woman film made. She said, uh, the only thing I can think of is that the genre became synonymous with young men. And so I think there was a concern that they wouldn't be as interested in a female lead. And it's taken years for that to sort itself out. That's all it comes down to. For many years, I was asking the question you're all asking, why is no one making this movie in America? Look at Halloween. There are hundreds of people dressed as Wonder Woman every year. She's got a huge fan base, so why aren't we doing this? I think that's probably accurate. Hundreds, not thousands, 
Definitely not millions, hundreds. I personally think, though, that there was also a huge lack of knowledge on how best to present the character. Um, it's only been, like, really recently that they've given, like, an answer beyond magic clay for her origin. And we know that they've been at least interested, at least interested, in cracking that code of how to make a Wonder Woman movie since, like, I don't know what, like, 95, 96? Yeah. Um, we, I don't know, we covered all that in uh, DC films that... Uh, that never happened. Yeah. Um, they, they've been looking at it for a while. I, I yeah. would still like in the U S alone, we've got like 500 million people. I'd still bet there are, you know, a couple thousand people dressed yeah. up as Wonder Woman minimally. Yeah. But look, even I bet I, it's four I, digits. I, even, I don't think it, that is as simple as Patty is saying, because even Batman and Superman have been the target for change in comic books because comic book movies in general, I think have had a hard time being accepted in a way that would honor the source material that would please fans in the mainstream audiences. Yeah. And the genre has faced like a lot of, it's had to, it's had to metamorphize itself several times to adapt to what, to Mm -hmm. to the criticism, you know? And, you know, I think if there was a wonder woman before this, if there was a wonder woman movie before this one, Mm -hmm. I really seriously doubt it would have been one we wanted to see. Like I, I, no, I agree. I it would have been like, kind of campy and stupid, honestly. Yeah. I mean, think Thor's appearance in 88's The Incredible Hulk Returns. Like, you don't <laughs> want that. No, I, I think this might have been just the right time. Also, no one in the public, no one in the mainstream public really can name a Wonder Woman villain. <laughs> like, and the comics have been, I don't know, historically low sellers for, you know, the majority, like, off and on, but... Like, they've gone through, like, in the 60s, they had a whole thing like, what do we do? And they took away her, like, Amazonian uh, armor and stuff. Yeah. Kind of, you know, gave her bell bottoms and made her, like, a hip and happening chick. And then they changed her again in the 80s. She had, like, the 80s and 90s, she had, um, she looked like Rogue. She had the little, (laughs) like, the little short leather jacket and stuff. Like, yeah. I mean, they've they've been trying to figure Wonder Woman out for a minute. Like, She's huge as an icon and not a joke like Aquaman, but still like not as popular as you would hope. Like it's been hard to well, get her but, right. But that has made sense. Like it, the amount of of women reading comics has has always been traditionally lower, and I'm being conservative saying that yeah. than guys reading comics. And yeah. uh, that being said, she's been around for you know a, a good seventy five years now. Where mm-hmm. uh, the i just the the idea of women has changed over those years yeah. it's and it, it, extraordinarily i mean it it's an entirely different picture if you ask me in 1939 what a woman is supposed to be and do versus if you ask me right now what is what is a woman supposed to be and do it's an it's entirely different answers mhm and things it, the comics have to some extent had to catch up with that and they've also yeah. tried to chase ratings to some extent you know like they've tried mm-hmm. to chase sales and that's that's going to result in some weirdness it is it's I'll, just going to it's going to result in some weirdness and some kind of reaching here and there yeah yeah i'll say this i'm 33 years old mm-hmm. uh we're just a few months apart yeah. in my lifetime i've been you know attacked by females by women for reading wonder woman <laughs> because they say like and by multiple women who say either the only reason I'm reading Wonder Woman is because I like big boobs 
and she's half naked, or because I'm gay. <laughs> the landscape has completely changed in the last few years. Like, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a so, like a small percentage for which both of those are true. Yeah, but I'm over here going, no, she's just awesome. Like, look, she snapped Maxwell Lord's neck, and they're like, no, you're. There's something wrong with no, you. No, she's got an incredibly like, awesome storyline internally. She's intrinsically cool. It's fine. It's fine. And like this, this is the fun <laughs> part about humans is we always, exist, we always exist on a bell curve. So there's a percentage for which those idiots were actually telling the truth. But, sure. Uh, yeah, for the most part, it, it, it's... She has, like, at terms struggled, at terms... Um, at, at, at times, it's been more of like a triumphant return. At, at, at times, she's hung out in the background. I don't know. But I I think this is a good time for her. Really, yeah, do, really um, do think it's a good time for her. And um, I, I really do think the movie's going to gonna do a lot for the character. Yeah. I mean, look, man, I'm, I'm excited for this. I mean, Linda Carter's complete series set is sitting next to my Batman and Robin with Adam West and Burt Ward. And... <laughs> That, in turn, is sitting next to my complete series of, of George Reeves Superman on my shelf over here. Mm-hmm. Um, I love all this crap. I can't wait for Wonder Woman. I'm chomping at the bit to see this thing. Um, yeah. Absolutely. I don't know that all the world's waiting for but I certainly am. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, I, I, like, I, I finished the trailer. It, like, even watching Guardians, I finished the trailer for, for Wonder Woman and thought, Oh, if that was just playing right now, I'd fuck Guardians. <laughs> that would be fine. <laughs> I, yeah, would, I would just watch Guardians tomorrow. It's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, actually, yeah. I watched it at Sunday at about uh, three o'clock. So I was like, cool. I can watch Guardians at seven. It's going to be on again. It's the biggest yeah. movie in America right now. I can watch it on the half hour. <laughs> just show me Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Do you? Did you ever see like the? You remember the Total Justice or JLA? Uh, action figure line back in the 90s? New. Well, they made like a line of, of, of figures like in 97, I think. Mm-hmm. And they were like the first like comic book accurate figures that they've done in a really long time. They were available in retail. And uh, I bought all those and then they, they parlayed that into a JLA line that was after the Grant Morrison run. And they had like a le- they both like red and blue electric Superman and um, nice. they did a whole bunch of them, and I was super happy. They did, like, repaints of some of the Total Justice figures. And then they announced, finally, they were going to do Wonder Woman, like, Red Tornado, and Impulse, and Superboy, I think. Uh, from the little half-Young Justice line, and Wonder Woman was in there. Mm-hmm. And, oh my gosh, like, every week, like, I didn't have a car or anything. Like, I was a kid. I had my, one of my, I, like, begged and had, like, one of my parents take me up to the mall to see to go to kb toys and see if they had them in yet and i finally got them <laughs> it was a thing of beauty like i was like they're like uh, they're and they didn't understand they're like what do you mean wonder woman why do you want a wonder woman toy i'm like it's a wonder woman toy what are you talking about why wouldn't i <laughs> i have all the others anyway <clears throat> and i still have that i found them i got them <laughs> nice i don't envy my parents man <laughs> i was a messed up kid <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I understand Patty the Jenkins. Instinct, oh yeah, Patty Jenkins was talking to Glamour magazine uh, about her interpretation of Wonder Woman. She said, "I based her on the original comics and Linda Carter's, 
version. I follow the rules that I believe in. Wonder Woman does not hurt people for fun. She doesn't use violence unless she has to. And when she has to, she's incredibly adept. Everybody assumes she has to be a badass. Of course, she has to be a badass. It was my duty to say being a badass doesn't mean she's not loving, funny, warm, all those things. Wonder Woman stands for being good, loving, truthful. I have an eight-year-old boy, and he's like, Mommy, I need the new Wonder Woman doll. <laughs> Sound familiar? <laughs> he's not embarrassed. It doesn't occur to him that you don't need Wonder Woman to come and kick ass for your storyline. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so she was uh, talking to Total Film about the uh, change in attitude towards female superheroes. And she says, I think there's been a lag in catching up to where feminism has gone. It's taken a long time before a woman can, who can fight can actually be treated like a universal character. I think there has a lot of fear uh, associated with Wonder Woman. People were like, how can a woman fight? How can a woman be sexy and be violent at the same time? I think, well, easily. Um, I think it's finally oh, yeah. time we can just stop talking about that aspect of it. And she can just be a universal character. Many other universal female protagonists are showing up on screen where they're the main character, not a woman main character. I'm all for that. I don't. I don't really care. I know. I like. like I know what she's saying though. Like n- normally, you know, uh, females are are portrayed as like the uh, I don't know, like prom yeah. queen kind of archetype. Yeah. Or it's the violent archetype that's it. It takes all of the feminine qualities out of them. To do that, mm-hmm. and yeah, like Wonder Woman's going to be this, uh, and I, I'm really excited to see it. It she's going to be this kind of like mid ground where, yeah, like sexy and violent can can be in the same person. It happens all the time in in male characters, and and we don't think yeah. twice about it. Yeah, and you know what? I'm a little I'm a little offended in when because like males are often portrayed as like like the bad guy males. Or like portray even the good guy males. If you go back far enough in film, mm-hmm. they're just dicks. You know, they're just awful. <laughs> and that's just like it's like, come on, some of them are you know okay. They're okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's don't like I don't know. I don't know. It's like you know how like uh, like female bad guys are like at least sexy. They're like, oh well, they they're gonna like you know woo uh, a guy. With yeah, their usually charms. they make them like and, you know uh, yeah, Uma Thurman, like Poison Ivy kind of yeah yeah kind of yeah. deal. Like there's the seduction um, aspect to it or something. I was actually thinking about uh, ScarJo over in Lucy when she was like, oh <laughs> come over here, and then she like beats the crap out of the dude. <laughs> like you never see a guy do that in a movie. <laughs> and I, it's like, it, it also, I gotta like, admit that trick sort of, is 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 rarely employed. Yeah, there's probably yeah. a an instance of it. I just can't remember it. And I kind of wish that like the movies that did have those women who were like, "Oh, come over here!" Like, can we at least have like one guy who doesn't fall for that crap? Like, there are smart men in the world. Well, normally, like in, in the world of writing, though, that that's like <laughs> that happens all the time. It's just it's it's a it's a comedy trope, like the girl yeah. tries to be seductive and can't get it done. And then the guy like brushes her off and she kind of goes <sighs> you know, like that. It's yeah. usually a comedy beat when that doesn't work. Yeah. And it's just a, it's weird all the way around. I find it somewhat offensive. I'm like, why do the guys always have to be dumb? So dumb. And if they're not, it's, it's funny. Yeah. I got to admit though, it's because we're normally very dumb. I don't know. I was the guy that always resisted advances. So yeah, it's just <laughs> the average one of us don't. We don't yeah, resist advances yeah. very well. 
I, I swear most of my college career was laced with the with the phrase, mm, that doesn't seem like a good idea. Followed by an angry female leaving my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Instead, my uh, average college experience uh, was laced with the phrase, go on. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> and a series of poor de- poor decisions poured from that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Gal Gadot had this to say for Wonder Woman actress. Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, she said it's about time we showed the story of a female superhero. Agreed. It's not pushing for feminism. And what I mean by that is no one comes and preaches about equality and how come women are not allowed to vote or be in a Congress room. It's not about that. It's about the perspective of Diana coming from an island where everybody has the same rights. When she comes to this man's world, she finds it very odd that women don't get treated the same way because for her, gender is a non-issue. Can someone talk to the writers of Supergirl? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, it it sounds like it sounds like you're gonna want that, but they're still gonna go through and say like, well, why isn't that a thing? And and point it out. It's just they're gonna do it in a more like subtle, yeah. understated kind of way. And yeah. honestly, like like we we there are times where we don't appreciate it on Supergirl where they like lean on it too hard. Yeah, where you're just kind of going like, okay, I understand your point. I agree. But you're making the whole episode about this thing you're leaning into, and you need to pull back and make a an episode. Yeah. It, yeah. With, with I I feel like with Wonder Woman, they're gonna spend the right amount of time on it that where it it makes sense. You get the point across. You you can relate to it, and and maybe not make it so uh, heavy handed. Yeah, heavy handed. It's probably the word I want. Yeah. Here. So uh, there's, Charles Roven. There's really a way to express anything accurately and there's a way to do it oh, yeah. too heavy-handed well uh, fortunately they can kind of lean into it and that's part of the brilliance of setting it during world war one because you know obviously women didn't have nearly the amount of rights or respect they have now uh, so they can kind of get heavy-handed with it and it f- fit more naturally yeah i feel now as, as as a period piece no matter what they do you're gonna be like yep that's how that went couldn't even vote yeah um, Go Diana. Or ride a bike. Yeah, or, or, ride, or a bike. ride a bike. I think that was slightly previous, the not riding a bike thing. <laughs> yeah. I think that was British. Yeah. I'm not sure. No, no, it was here too. Was it here too? Um, yeah, we did a story on it when I, uh, I think I, get, I guessed it over on the Pursuit of the Trivial yeah. podcast. It, it's not really completely active now, but uh, it was what one that Matt Carroll and Spencer Roter did, my brother-in-law Spencer. Yeah. And uh, it was a whole thing where, like, they had, like, doctors, like, saying that, like, riding a bicycle could cause hysteria in women. It was ridiculous. It could cause hysteria. <laughs> uh, back when hysteria meant, like, wandering uterus. That was the technical term. <laughs> it would it would make you insane for your uterus to wander. <laughs> uh, like, no, what are you talking about? That lead paint's fine, but don't you ride a bicycle? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and rub that on your face. It's cool. It'll it'll uh, pell you up a little bit. You'll be uh, you'll be more attractive. But uh, don't get on the bicycle. Like? It might make your uterus displace itself into your shoulder and therefore make you yeah. crazy. 
It's just, it's phenomenal. Like, I wish I could, I kind of wish I could, like, kind of pop back in time for just, like, a week and laugh at people being like, I'm going to drink this radioactive water. It's amazing. It'll, it's a health drink. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Don't be riding that bicycle, woman. That'll hurt you. So anyway. No, we're, we're back in I've, the, we're back in the time that we're like, oh, did you, <laughs> did you cough? Would you like some laudanum? <laughs> it's only 50% alcohol and 50% heroin. It's cool. I mean, it'll it'll slow your cough down, though. <clears throat> yeah, buddy. Try not to get addicted. <laughs> so Charles Roven uh, on what sets Wonder Woman apart from the other superheroes over on Sci-Fi Now uh, said, If you look at Spider-Man, Batman, Superman, and Iron Man, none of them started out going, I'm going to be a protector. I'm going to be a great warrior. I'm going to fulfill my destiny because I want to emulate the people I grew up hearing stories about. What they did for people. What they did for mankind. What they did for the people they were protecting when they couldn't protect themselves. They may grow into that role or reluctantly accept that role. They may even try to run from that before they get pulled into it. But I think Wonder Woman is the only one who starts out saying, that's my destiny and I'm going to pursue it and nothing is going to stop me from doing it. Not even my mother. I think her dynamic as a character, the way that she's insistent on making sure her destiny is one she makes for herself, I think that defines her also as being a very different kind of superhero. Unless you look at Captain America, dude. That yeah, dude but pretty much just started he out. He wanted it, but he didn't have it at his disposal. He that's probably that's probably an accurate description. Like she was always meant to and wanted to be a hero. Yeah, but you can say that about Captain America too. I mean, you look when they threw that grenade. He, everyone else ran. He yeah, he jumped on top of it, being a scrawny little piece of crap. Yeah. So now, I mean, you know, even though the shrapnel of that poor 160 pound dude would have pretty much destroyed everyone in the immediate vicinity. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Now, what was funny about that? Tiny osteoporotic bones just shredding his (laughs) his colleagues. His colleagues are like full of shrapnel. Yeah. These don't look. This doesn't. What's that in your eye? It's Steve's femur. It's it's bones. Yeah. It's bone shards. Um. But no. no, Funnily enough, though, uh, John Shaw, president of the Theater Management Associates, uh, has seen Wonder Woman, and he says, uh, (laughs) "Wonder Woman, exciting and entertaining in every way. Great SFX and characters." Here's a summer blockbuster as good as Captain America, parentheses, $370 million. <laughs> nah, I think it'll make more than that. Yeah. I'm betting on 450 He also says, what summer film has a lot riding on its success? Wonder Woman. WB and DC Comics count on major success. Thus far, projections are strong. Um, I don't like when I, they group know, in DC of... Comics. Like, DC Comics is a different company, and they'll they'll be fine with or without it, like. It's if, kind of a different company. If the movies fail, they they've still got print. They're they're a different thing. Well, like Warner Brothers owns both of them. I know. Like Warner Brothers, know, is Warner like, Brothers, and it, Warner Brothers. It's not owns like DC if comics. if the movies fail, they're not going to go like we're not printing any more comics. Screw you guys. Never, <laughs> never. Hey man, hey look, we're talking about uh, an age where you know uh, Marvel kind of shat all over Fantastic Four and discontinued their books because they didn't own them. In the movies. I, I mean, that can happen. But we're still talking about all the IPs being in the right place. It's it's just not a possibility. It's just not. like the, yeah, If anything, they'll saying. sit there and let them grow and not think about it. Look the other way. Hey, is that a squirrel? 
what is that a falcon or a hulk <laughs> until stupid story? they finally get to the point where like eight ten years from now they're like oh no one's paying attention look another batman movie like, that right. they'll always do that like, we're never we're gonna run out of batman attention. movies never gonna happen did you see this story about the guy in new york who shot a squirrel with a bow and arrow no he said he walked out into his front yard and there was a squirrel there and he went to shoot it away and uh, he says, he claims the squirrel gave him a look and he took it personal then and he got his bow and arrow and shot the squirrel. <laughs> so there's a schizoaffective awful. with archery skills in New York somewhere. Yeah, he says the squirrel like pulled the arrow out and ran away into a neighbor's yard or whatever. Oh, dear God. The revolution has begun. <laughs> I hate it for the squirrel, man. I do. I felt bad for the squirrel. I do feel bad for the squirrel. I couldn't help but laugh about the dude. Just like, you nut. Like, you, he was arrested, thankfully. Like, what, what's wrong with you just shooting random animals because they gave you a look? Probably should be detained <laughs> for a minute. Let's take a look at this guy. Yeah. You know how many people give me a look? It, it wouldn't basis. even be like, hey, I was firing arrows in my backyard, and one of them went askew, and, and I shot a squirrel. It's like, the squirrel gave me a look. <laughs> that squirrel. If you have to anyway. utter the phrase, that squirrel gave me a look, I think, I think, <laughs> a series of PhDs and MDs should give you a look. Yeah. Throwing that out there. <laughs> well, they don't. they probably don't want to because you'll shoot them with an arrow. I, you should probably be restricted at the time. <laughs> so may I recommend a, to... a couple of benzos during the process? Yeah, uh, Gal Gadot was talking to Variety uh, for their piece on the 75th anniversary of Wonder Woman, and she recalled uh, her first day in full costume on BVS, and that was her first fan encounter. Uh, this little girl, the niece of a crew member. Uh, handed her a drawing of Wonder Woman and said, and then with a note, and it said uh, that she wished Gal Gadot luck, and she was Wonder Woman's number one fan. And Gal Gadot says that she keeps that with her. That is cute, isn't it? Yeah, that I would choke up if I was her. Yeah, and Deborah Snyder said when she first saw her in the in in the uh, costume, she said she uh, rolled a tear. She said the the girl, my daughter, who is now five will be able to have a female superhero as a role model. Uh, they'll have this strong character to look up to. So far, so good on that. She looks great. Yeah, she absolutely does. Now, with the New York Times, Gal Gadot was talking about the costume controversy that's happened. She says, or that's been happening, she says, I think as a feminist, you should be able to wear whatever you like. In any case, there is such a misunderstanding, misunderstanding of the concept. Feminism is about equality and choice and freedom. And the writers, Patty and myself, all figured that the best way to show that is to show Diana as having no awareness of social roles. She has no gender boundaries. To her, everyone is equal. We have seen so many male-driven stories, so the more strong female narratives we have, the better. I'm sure the, the movie will inspire girls, but you can't empower women without empowering men, too. I hope Wonder Woman will be an icon for them, too. Absolutely awesome. Yes. That. All of that. Um, there's a Wonder Woman controversy brewing. Eh, sorry, a brood. Um, apparently they made some deal with the Think Thin, uh, diet company, sort of a, uh, a diet company. I don't know what you call it. They offer, you know, low calorie crap. Ah. 
and um, people are pissed off. Like, this is not the marketing, the Wonder Woman marketing we were hoping for. Because, you know, Wonder Woman is supposed to be this feminist icon, and you're telling, you know, Wonder Woman fans to think thin. Uh, and I get the concept of marketing to women with a line of products marketed primarily to women might be uh, a good thing to people looking to make money. Uh, the thought that they would be identify, uh, they would identify with Wonder Woman and consciously or subconsciously want to be like her and think, oh, I can be like Wonder Woman if I eat this crap. <laughs> I understand that. Um, if I eat this I cardboard it, installed with protein bits, right? I can be Wonder Woman-y. But here's the thing: like, there are very like gender specific dieting uh products Mm -hmm. this is obviously very uh geared toward women like the ones like the ones for toward men because never say like anything about being thin it's always about gaining muscle which is weird because i'd rather be thin but whatever yeah it's always Um, about gaining weight like um yeah like uh you've met michael um i Yes, I have met your. Yeah, yeah, I've met Michael. I've got a, I got, I got a friend, Michael. Um, great musician. Um, future elevators. Go, guys, go check him out. It's fantastic music. But yeah, his previous band had a uh, song on uh, the newsroom. Oh no! Uh, yeah, they did that, yeah. and this band actually has a song on Shameless. Um, nice. Yeah, and fantastic music. He's always he's always been a great musician. But I used to get so. Like he's one of those, like he's my brother, man. I've I've known him for some six sixteen or seventeen years now, and like yeah. over half my life. And um, I, I used to get annoyed with him every now and then because he's one of those people that regularly weighs like point zero two percent over his his like that's his body fat right. is about four ounces. Yeah. And then every now and then he'd he'd uh, he'd look at himself and we'd be talking or something in high school or whatever it was and he'd be like I've got to put on some weight and I'm like ah oh, you need to go fuck yourself yeah. you want to borrow some <laughs> I can Michael, at any make given like point, a tube situation can siphon at it any given point I've felt that I could probably floss with Michael if I had to yeah yeah he um. It, it, it he's my example though of like somebody that's always been perpetually like perpetually in shape but that example of like someone who um like I'm perpetually just a little bit out of shape like am I skinniest I still have love handles and like a little bit of stomach yeah that's my skinniest that's that's the <laughs> most I can possibly do is I've still got like a little bit of pooch and a little bit of pooch and you have to find that cute or we're not going to work it's yeah. not going to be a six pack. Never going to happen. When I when I first met Jason, I saw him change his shirt. Yeah, and like I saw him from the front, and I could see his spine because he was that thin, but he still had love still handles. Love handles. Still had that little <laughs> bit at the bottom. <laughs> um, but no, I you know I I think that um I think they probably thought this would be a good cross promotion because. You know, they're trying to, like, alert women to the fact that, hey, you have a superhero, come check her out. I think that's what it's about. I, mean, I think I, that's all I it's about. I understand the marketing as far as, like, them trying to get it in. But I, I do agree that and it's not... It's tone deaf. It, yeah, it is tone deaf. It's completely tone deaf. It's pretty tone deaf. Uh, but you get five bucks off if you buy the Think Thin food and... 
you get five bucks off of the Wonder Woman ticket, which might, you know, be a really good thing. I don't know. That's fine. Also, if you boycott it, you get to keep your soul. That's good. (laughs) I think if you don't boycott it, you get to keep your soul. (laughs) I, I, you know, man, I, I honestly don't put a lot of stock into this crap. I really don't. Like, you can be angry that companies who are out to make money Mm -hmm. are like, I'm sorry. Are, yeah, are trying to make money, and they like looked at research and data, and they said, okay, yes, we're going to go with Think Thin, because they have the most blah, 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 and they're going to give us the most blah, blah, blah for the blah, 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 and all these women who are looking to get thin and are looking for a hero to look up to pay a certain amount of money and go, oh, I'll get, I get to go see Wonder Woman, too, and that's $5 off, and that's a thing, and oh, hey, I was going to go watch that movie anyway, I might as well try this new product. Sure. It yeah, makes absolute sense. Like if you want to, if DC you want to take comics, offense to it though, and like not spend your money and protest that way, great. But yeah, sure. At, at the same fine. time, like Gal Gadot, uh, Gal Gadot has her image on this product now, and don't blame yeah. her. Don't blame her. It's she, not her. She fault. doesn't have control over that at all. It's Wonder Woman. Like and it's they WB. They That's slapped the her thing. on that. That she did not get to to go. No. She didn't get to approve it. It's it's not her fault. And I would be remiss not to mention, you know, it is tone deaf specifically. Even if, you know, you don't buy into the whole, like, body shaming argument and all of that, which I partially do, um, because how could you not? Yeah. Um, I'm a fat guy who's been body shamed my entire life. How could I not? I understand. But- <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, I, me too. <clears throat> and, and- but, you know, <laughs> at the same time... I, I once had someone like uh, uh, relentlessly make fun of me for three days because uh, he saw a new pair of jeans and like laid on my bed. He, he came over to say hi real quick. Oh, we were yeah. pseudo friends, and and it said husky on the back. Yeah, I was in the husky section. So like for for three days until he forgot, and then he still brought it up as a recurring joke. Mm-hmm. Um, I was <laughs> I was husky. Yeah, I, it, yeah. Oh no, see, I had the thing from you know. I had the thing from childhood where it's like, I'm like, I know, you know, I'm fat. And then be like, you're not fat. You're big boned or you're not fat. You're husky. I'm like, what does husky mean? Husky means you're fat. That's a nice way of saying fat. I'm a fat guy. Yeah. According to this guy, husky meant, um, uh, fat fuck. (laughs) That was what I gathered. You know, and the rest of the people I hung out with apparently agreed with them. So, um, you know, we, we came to terms on that, meaning yeah. I uh, had to wear those anyway and moved on. <laughs> it's weird. Because like, they were the right size. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, when I was, you know, it, look, there's a reason you become a comedy nerd. I'm a comedy nerd. You have to find a way to get over your, your issues. That's how I came came into it. Like, And, you know, I, I don't know. I became pretty calloused to it all but um it helped a lot yeah you know um you got to learn to not take yourself so seriously i understand if you don't if you can't get to that point and you you feel really bad um it still stings a bit you know i'm not in shape like i want to be um but you know i don't think there's um i think it is this this whole thing is tone deaf because of the uh all the crap about wonder woman uh, about gal gadot being too thin 
you know, all of the body issue crap that people were, were freaking out about, about, you know, her boobs aren't big enough. She's not uh, big enough. She's not muscly enough. She's too thin, you know, to have her like work off and get jacked to play this role and then be like, put her in like a, <laughs> like pair her, her image and this movie with a company that whose name is Think Thin, uh, <laughs> it's bad on multiple levels. But you know, I don't think it's. I don't think there was. I don't think there was malice. There is what I'm saying. No, I, it was, I just you it, know, not worth the time that's really being thrown into it. Yeah, the the focus on on body in this movie has been weird so far, and it was always going to be because it's like the first the first major iteration. It's the first. It's the first major female protagonist iteration. And, you know, there was Electra, but we all knew that was going to suck. <laughs> there was Supergirl in 84. Come on. No one was fooled. We knew what was happening here. <laughs> I was one. Even I knew. I'm like, that's some horse shit. But yeah. <laughs> I was one in a crib going, Helen Slater can't act. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, but don't believe that. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. Cool news. Wonder Woman is opening June 2nd in India. So the same day in India, they're hitting it all across the board, man. Oh, yeah. The the first weekend sales are going to be huge. Yeah. Huge. Hitting Bollywood yeah, up with everything else. Yeah, they're going to be huge. Yeah, man. Um, I'm so excited for Wonder Woman, though. Like, it looks phenomenal. And, uh, I really have this movie making four hundred fifty million. You think? I think so. Uh, I don't know. I, I smell death in the wind. Nah, <laughs> not like enough death to like seriously cause like problems with the DCEU. But I feel like. But um, you're not thinking as low as like two fifty, right? Uh, like domestic. After all said and done. All right, domestic uh, alone two seventy five. Domestic alone, after all is said and done, movies out of the theaters. I'm thinking about. Three, three fifty at most. But I think three fifty might be a little exaggerated. But two seventy five for me seems well, accurate. Like I said, at most. I wouldn't be but, surprised if it got to four fifty though. At least four. You know, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of anticipation for this thing. But you know, uh, did you see a, a critic? I don't remember his name because I didn't write it down. I didn't have active plans to talk about it. But it, whatever. There's a critic out there that <laughs> Go actively for it, man. Yeah, there was a critic out there that actively admitted that Marvel doesn't pay them, but they do ply them with liquor. Like <laughs> well, That could be like, a good or bad thing though. And DC doesn't. So like they basically like Marvel's giving critics perks and DC doesn't. Like Warner Brothers doesn't. All right, so the reviewers are alcoholics. The reviewers well, I mean, how could they not be? What is a reviewer but a failed movie uh, creator? Like, what is a failed director <laughs> or writer? Um, and I say that doing a DC on screen podcast reviewing television shows and movies. Yeah, I get that. I, I just, I mean, and I, I mean, I stand by my statement. Go look at our YouTube videos. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, but still, I still it seems like an overgeneralization. <clears throat> I don't know. This guy just said that, like, he just stated that that's true. Like, Marvel gives them, like, freebies and liquor and stuff, and WB doesn't. Um, which has caused a big, like, wait, what? I knew it in the fandom. Um, (laughs) 
but Wonder, like Wonder Woman's getting a lot of good, uh, a lot of good press. Uh, you know, still I've heard like, a lot of even, good vibes so far. Even like the crappy things, the things that I've seen, you know, leading up to the release of Batman v Superman, of uh, Suicide Squad. Gosh, um, <laughs> they is like there were certain things coming out at this point that were like it's not so good. Things are coming out about it. And all of like the oh yeah even, that like, like last minute uh, shit yeah. talk yeah and yeah. like even the stuff on Wonder Woman has been like actively like minimal like it's clear that they're like pulling everything they can together and like even so far as to like s- like bashing Justice League like here's why Wonder Woman's gonna be amazing and will save the DCU even if Justice League sucks you know and. Um, yeah, but like the stuff that they are actually, is. yeah, the stuff they're actually h- hitting about Wonder Woman though is like stupid crap. Like, oh well, in the news trailer they finally fixed her armpit. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> that was so stupid. The biggest weirdest non-issue I've run across in a while. Yeah, it's you know, I don't know, I don't know. Like, and you know, people are like imagine dragons. What? I'm like that can't be good. Why? Shut up. You're not a person. I, You're a clickbait factory. That that band <laughs> sells out theaters of thousands. I'm sorry. I mean, like, yeah. what, what did you want here? I mean, I, I'm sorry. And I, yeah, I'm open I, for better suggestions. I'm not saying that I'm a Imagine Dragons fan. I, I just you you can't shit on them just for being there. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's a really popular thing that makes millions of dollars. Of course they're going to cross-promote you dip. Like, I'm sorry it angers you because you're sad. When you get lonely. to the point when you're, where, where you're like know. top four in one of the like festivals, one, one of the, the big festivals where yeah. you know, it's three days and you're like top four or five bands. You know, if you show up in a trailer, I got to give you props. I'm sorry. It's just that's how yeah. that's the math of it. And Imagine Dragons is not my preferred band. Like, I don't listen to Imagine Dragons at all. But you know what? If they did a Wonder Woman trailer with Tom Petty or Bob Dylan or, you know, Wilco or something, I'd be like, why? Wouldn't make sense. That doesn't make any sense. Wouldn't make sense. I don't need Wonder Woman saying, uh, you don't know how it feels to be me. No. Let's roll another joint. Let's not. No. The the only... um, Like, for me, it's always the Beatles, and the only, uh... Well, then you struck out with the Justice League trailer. That, they, that last Justice League trailer was the bomb, dude. No, screw that. That was a good cover. Um, it was. I stand by that cover. But, if if they had done Helter Skelter for the Wonder Woman trailer, I might have, <laughs> I might have stood by that. <laughs> no, maybe, uh, why don't we do it in the road? That would just be inappropriate on all... <laughs> So many levels. It no, that one doesn't make sense at all. <laughs> I kind of want to see it now, just for the hell of it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, oh man. Although, like, oh. do, do the reverse. Like, what if you did the the Wonder Woman trailer with like, all you need is love. La, no da, man. Da, da, da. No man. We've we, there's been so much clickbait about how like Wonder Woman is actually going to have color and stuff, um, and how it's going to be bright and and happy. Uh-huh. We should have done. Here comes the sun. 
Here comes the sun. Do 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 do. Here comes the sun, and I say. Yeah, man, that's what they should have done. That would have that would have been. You need to send your marketing team. You need to send your marketing team. WB. That would have we'll been quit this podcast. <laughs> Hire us from for your marketers. No, you know what? Like the scissor reel for Supergirl should feature Supergirl and and uh, you know Tyler Hoechlin's gonna arrive for the last couple episodes. Yeah, like yeah, Supergirl yeah. and Superman. It would be fun to do this this weird contrast episode where like, you see all this violence and you just hear "Here comes the sun." <laughs> oh, right. I would dig that. Yeah, man. Seems like a lot of money though to spend on a TV show promo. No, no, I know. They should do one more Justice League trailer. Depends on who owns it in... these days. I actually can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> they should. They should seriously do one more Justice League trailer with uh, with Henry Cavill coming back as Superman in the trailer and do the Here Comes the Sun. Mm-hmm. Oh, anyway. that would be solid. Right? Ah. <laughs> Over to Justice League. Um, cinematographer Fabian Wagner revealed one of his favorite shots. It's that awesome shot of Batman on the gargoyle and like the skeleton gargoyle thing. Uh-huh. And... Um, the worm's eye view. He says, no doubt the most fun day I ever had shooting and one of my favorite shots. So, uh, yeah, that was it's a pretty good shot. I would use it as a screensaver. Nice. Or a wallpaper or whatever you call it these days. Yeah. People are like, what's a desktop? Never mind. <laughs> um, so, uh, Zack Snyder wished Henry Cavill a happy birthday, mainly because it was his birthday. And <laughs> that's a good time to do it. Yeah, May the 5th, he turned 34. Henry Cavill is my age. Jesus. And I looked so much older than he does. (laughs) 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 Um, uh, So he, you know, Henry Cavill went onto social media and thanked everybody, the, the people who wished him a happy birthday. And he wished them a happy birthday, the people who were born May the 5th as well. And uh, he also uh, wished well for the military because he comes from a military family. He's a good bloke all the way around. Oh, he, he's bloke an army Because, brat. you know, yeah, yeah, oh. a little bit. All right. A little bit. Um, now, recently, Junkie XL was talking about scoring Justice League. He says it's a massive undertaking. And I can't say anything about Justice League specifically, but I'll tell you this. And this was exactly the same experience that Hans and I had when we did work together on Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. It's like when you see a movie like that, these iconic superhero movies, some of them have a 60 to 80 year legacy. Multiple composers had a go at their themes. Multiple filmmakers did their version of these characters. It's very scary. You watch a movie and it's like, holy shit, now I have to come up with something. You've got sweaty hands and you're nervous and you talk about it over and over again, he said. (laughs) Fair enough. But he says, yeah, but he says Snyder gave him some advice. He says, Zach said, there's only one thing you can do, and that is embrace this character as if it's your own. Keep it close to your musical soul and just do whatever you feel is the right thing to do for this character. That's the only thing we can do. That's what all these great directors did back in the day. And that's what all these great composers did back in the day. <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. Ah, uh, you're excused. No, I Gosh. say hippie nonsense. The fear is the part that makes sense to me. 
No, I think it's keep it close to your musical soul. That sounds great. Uh, embrace the character as if it's your own. That sounds great. Hippie, like, hippie nonsense. That's not hippie nonsense, Jason. <clears throat> I, I refuse to believe that. I, that sounds right to me. Like, if I were to embrace something... And of course, that's Zach saying that. He embraces these characters as if they were his own. And people piss on him because of it. So, And I respect know. him for, you know, doing that while he's being pissed <laughs> on. You, you gotta respect that. You, you really yeah. do. Like it, it, as much slack as as he takes, he he just he just carries on. Yes. But it's hard to be like, no, just keep these characters close to your musical soul. It, it it's a sentence that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> You're like, yeah, but which note should I play? It it makes sense because you just it's just a, it's a fancy way of saying. You know, pretend that this character is your own character. Yeah, you know, it the make way it you your own. Interpret it. Yeah, yeah, like, I mean, make it your own. What is what the hell does that mean, Jason? What does that mean? That's as much. That's as nonsensical as keep it as close to your keep it close to your musical soul. I completely agree. Sense. None of that makes any sense. Completely agree. That, when that's... you're talking about creative stuff, you can't like you can't get too hung up on what makes sense and what doesn't. It's just it comes from a weird place. But that's the fun part is like when I say hippie nonsense, I might be like, you phrased it wrong. <laughs> and if someone came at me with the exact same concept and they, they just said it differently, I'd be like, you're a goddamn genius. By the way, someone who loves the Beatles as much as you do should never seriously <laughs> utter the phrase hippie nonsense. <laughs> I, no, I love it enough that I can. I'm qualified to do that. <laughs> Few people are as qualified. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard Mark Marin talk about the mean hippies? Like, <laughs> no. He's like, yeah. He just—I can't remember who he was talking to. Talking to somebody about like, yeah. I mean, I was—I grew up around hippies, but they were mean hippies. And he was like, oh, you had an experience with the mean hippies. Like, yeah, they were mean hippies. <laughs> They're like, you got to believe what we believe. (laughs) I don't know. Oh, there's there's always like a mean click. It is. It's like there are mean hippies. There are mean (laughs) punk. There are mean goth. There are mean hipsters now. Yeah. There's always going to be like a mean sub faction of like, you don't you don't fit in with our ideals. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, asking when they when he was asked about um, actually shooting or enough shooting actually uh doing the score for justice league uh junkie xl says i'm not at liberty to say anything not even that if you call me back first week of november then i can talk all you want about it so yeah i like the line doesn't make sense but i like the line (laughs) i feel like he could describe the music without doing any spoilers but yeah, I like his. I, I, I like where his head's at, though. I do. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he can't. So, um, Doug Lyman was talking to Collider's Christina Radish about his new film, The Wall, and um, she asked if he was still working on Justice League Dark, and because uh, we haven't heard anything about Justice League Dark in a while, mm-hmm. and he says, "Yeah, I have a really amazing take on it." Well, that's really okay. Gosh, dude, that's not egotistical. <laughs> he says, I have a really amazing take on it. It's an amazing property as it is. You could just yeah. do a take on it and not have to apply that adjective. Uh, he says uh, he has an amazing take on it that is in keeping with my approach to superheroes. 
Jason Bourne is a superhero of sorts. Aaron Taylor Johnson and John Cena in The Wall are superheroes. They're very grounded, but the amount of training and stuff that soldiers bring to the field, they're like Iron Man. If they open up another pouch, they've got another another thing. It's amazing how resourceful they are and how much stuff they bring into the field. They're like superheroes. So I'm really excited with Justice League Dark. Note that he's saying Justice League Dark, not Dark Universe. Mm-hmm. To actually look at what it's like if I actually tackle a real superhero, but it's not going to look that different from from my other superheroes. He also says um, I have to I have to have a passionate connection to my films, which I do with Justice League Dark. Again, Justice League Dark. Mm-hmm. I have a way into the story that's personal, the way I have a connection to the wall. He's really pushing the wall. Mm-hmm. Not that I've ever, not that I've ever been a soldier or been in the field, but the level of perseverance and the fact that Aaron Taylor Johnson and John Cena just keep picking themselves up when all seems lost. I feel a connection to that. I feel like I have a little understanding of that because, in my own way, I've had moments of despair and that all is lost, and I've picked myself back up. I feel a real. Uh, I feel movies I choose to do after it uh, are guided by the experience I have in the previous movie. I chose Mr. and Mrs. Smith specifically because I had just made the born identity and made a film that glamorized being an action hero, and I wanted to make the exact opposite. I wanted to make a movie that glamorized maintaining a marriage, and that made the action hero part seem easy and made the marriage part seem hard. The Wall is a reaction to Edge of Tomorrow, where I was like, I don't need time traveling aliens to take a hero and pin them down in an impossible situation. I can do it in a much simpler way. And that was The Wall. The paint is still wet on The Wall. I'm not sure what I'm going to take away from it, and therefore what I'm going to want to do next. So, uh, yeah. And then he was talking with Cinema Blend, um, and he says, I think a lot of people will be surprised how character-driven and how intimate Justice League Dark is in kind of a field of bloated comic book movies. We found a way to do something that's actually really personal and small, and that's my goal. My new movie, The Wall, is about character. (laughs) (laughs) This scenario allows me to dive into what I think is... I just love people. I love putting people in crazy situations. For John Constantine, we have an amazing setup for him. For Justice League Dark, that's really human. I don't know what that means, but that's fun. Sure. That's fine. I'm interested. Uh, he was talking to IEGN, and uh, they asked him if he was excited to get to work on uh, Justice League Dark. And he says, yeah, I mean, first of all, I love those characters, and I love Warner Brothers, and I love Scott Rudin. And it's... And you know, I get asked to come in and do things that are unconventional. If people want conventional, they don't come to me. It's why doing Invisible was like right up my alley. Because how can you be conventional when there aren't even conventions that exist? So, whatever. Um, I was kind of surprised he he mentioned Invisible and not The Wall. Right. But, um, you know... Uh, I think the big takeaway here is that uh, Justice League Dark is still happening, which I had honestly kind of decided was not somewhere in my mind. I'd, I'd still have to hear something more than an interview to be sure about <laughs> it. I mean, really, like it, it. Yeah. I'm glad he's optimistic about it, but let's find out. Yeah. Let, let's, so some, let's do a little more research. Something that is in production uh-huh. as of this week. Yep. Aquaman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Started production May seventh. Over in Australia. And yeah, James Wan released the first behind the scenes pick, 
It's uh, it's a picture of what looks like a submarine. There's a slate board in the foreground. It says day one on it, and it says Ahab because we know that's the um, the shooting title. Sure. And um, it says months of intensive prep have led to this. Here we go. Hashtag day one. Hashtag Ahab. Um, I'm pretty excited about Aquaman. I cannot believe they're shooting an Aquaman movie. Like, it just doesn't register with me on any kind of real emotional level. I just can't imagine it. Like, I cannot believe. Like, for so many years. From, like, that time in 95 when I'm sitting in the theater watching Batman Forever. And they mention Metropolis. And I'm like, ah! Um, I never, just, like, I used to have conversations with my good friend Christopher Glennon. Uh... We used to talk every night on like the the instant messenger. Uh, we met on AOL back in back in like gosh. Oh, know, the old aim. Uh, me and Christopher Glennon used to talk about how, what we would do, and we would like pitch each other um, trilogies essentially that would lead up to Justice League, mm-hmm. um, and how we would build cinematic universes before there ever was such a thing as far as comic books were concerned. This is like pre Marvel and stuff. Sure. And, um, oh my gosh. Before any of this was feasible. Oh yeah. We just daydream about this crap all day. Right. And then like sit down at night and, and, and write to each other and talk to each other about this stuff. So this is just beyond my wildest dreams here. Um, (laughs) I mean, even officially, this, this isn't a character that was supposed to have his own film it's literally a joke on entourage which, yeah which is, is a, a joke, joke series yeah i never saw it because you know why would i but <laughs> <laughs> i watched a few seasons it was mildly amusing while i was falling asleep yeah a few seasons it was one of those where like i would i would i would put on like while i was getting sleepy there's there's no version of the phrase mildly amusing that intersects with a few seasons in my life. <laughs> I don't have time for oh, that. Oh, I, I should point this out. It was at the same time where I was like catching up with everything that happened during the writer's strike. <laughs> well, writer's strikes, that can be forgiven. Uh, writer's um, strikes will make us do crazy things. Now, I, I, uh, I did get to... A, Actually, I spent most of the writer's strike catching up on Ed, and I regret nothing. No, you shouldn't. That is Tom a very—it's a very slow show. Like that—that that show should have moved faster, but it was yeah a lot of fun. Look, man. I mean, at the end of the day, though, is Tom Cavanaugh and Julie Bowen. I can't imagine two more charismatic leads. You know, no. I, and you got Michael Michael Ian Black as a side side note. That's 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 not bad. Well, there was a very, very specific reason I didn't mention him. I'm not a fan, uh, but I am. <laughs> I know you are. I stand against you. <laughs> well, please let's have a 30 minute conversation about how Michael Ian Black is. We should definitely do that. Something. We should definitely have 30 minutes worth of conversation about Michael Ian Black and his integrity. Yeah, just shoot right on as back a comedian. Last week. Yeah. Um. <laughs> The official logo for Aquaman was released. Uh, you know, I think it looks fine. People are complaining about it, said, complaining that it looks like a, uh, I don't know, uh, warped Star Trek symbol. 
uh, the um, the alpha symbol from Star Trek. I don't think so. I think it looks like the Aquaman logo, man. I They're really do. I think very it looks like similar that. Symbol. It's like it's it's a variation of an A. Yeah. They're just very similar. And look, man, I don't want to I don't want to piss on I don't want to piss on Star Trek claim they did something that was derivative of something else. But uh, I mean, let's be honest, Aquaman existed about 30 years before Star Trek. So, you know, screw Sure, um. <laughs> but like it, it. Think about fonts. Think about fonts as as an example here. Like you, you only have to change something very slightly to to have it named another font. I mean, yeah, it, these things are very subtle. Like, yeah, there are only so many things you can do. Period. And this looks like the Aquaman logo. It looks like what he what's been on his belt since day one. Yeah, like so. as that goes, like visually, he's fine. Yeah. I, I'm not crying copyright infringement here. He's fine. No. See, people have too many references now. Like, oh, looks like a blah, blah, blah. Like, no, shut up. It doesn't. It looks like the thing that it was. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry you associate it with Star Trek and the Star Trek symbol. You're an idiot. Yeah. Go back and look at... Before you make your little comment on the internet, you can just type in you know, Aquaman and find out when he was created and go, Oh, never mind. <laughs> anyway, uh so I, I you know, we know our reputation on the show. I'm not gonna know this guy's name, I'm gonna be able to say it, but uh they have cast a young Arthur Curry um for the movie. Uh and Otis Danige, who is thirteen and he's this is gonna be his feature film debut and uh he was in Colin Friel's uh, Martito, which is a uh, was a stage production about uh, the drug trade over there, and it was um, apparently uh, pretty popular. The kid did a good job, and now he's going to be uh, an Aquaman as a young Arthur Curry, and that's going to be a fine thing. I, I'm assuming, I'm hoping, hopefully it won't be like that kid in Batman Begins, and. Uh, <laughs> You know, I've actually like in my memory, like I've replaced that kid in Batman Begins with David uh, David Masseuse from Gotham. Oh um, no, that's that's doing him <laughs> too many favors. <laughs> no, I've just replaced him. Like he doesn't exist anymore. It's just David Masseuse. Um, assuming those films too many favors. Uh, why do we fall, Master Broch? Because I want to kick some ass, Alfred. Fair enough. I'm sorry. I'll never forgive uh, those films for like. At, at some point, Christian Bell is is out there trying to rebuild Wayne Mansion with a uh-huh. hammer. <laughs> hammer and hammer. Wayward billionaire. A wayward billionaire. Doesn't have a set of nails. Doesn't have a uh, like. Doesn't have doesn't have a set of nails like divided by pennies either. Just nothing. Nothing. Just looks like he's gonna just like wander upon a, a wayward. He's just gonna wander upon a wayward two by four and just hit it. Yeah, yeah. It feels like it's gonna be like a like a, a like a Mario kind of effect where like he hits the hammer a few times and it just rebuilds part of the castle. Yeah. I I I just I I can't See, what, stop unseeing that. Yeah. What you have to do is like do pull a Star Trek Generations with the Crash Enterprise. Yeah. Instead of having him with a hammer, because you know a hammer's not gonna do anything right now. You have him like moving stuff and pulling stuff out, mm-hmm. like oh these are family heirlooms. You have him like actively picking up things that fell, that burned and fell, and like 
salvaging things. That's what you do in that scene. Just a little filmmaking tip for Christopher Nolan. You just grab like half a burned teddy bear and walk out with that and and call it a day. No, no, nothing like that. Or a photo album. He just stands in the uh, the cinders of of what once was a parlor and (laughs) hammers things with with what appears to be a 15-pound hammer. Yeah. I mean, look, man, I'm not a filmmaker. I just, you know, I promise those films aren't... While wearing about I just $350 worth of shirt and pant. I just promise that Dark Knight trilogy is not as good as you think it is. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Apparently, uh, according to Umberto Gonzalez, uh, who is, you know, some a lot of the time right, he says that uh, Ben Affleck, Batman, I just got word that he... Just started training again for the role. You know how there was talk that he was going to leave and he might leave the role? Nah, bro. He's working out. He's getting back in shape. After, Absolutely. After Let's rehab, I suppose. Now, this next piece of news, this even the yeah, after rehab, what do you have to bring up rehab? I, I'm trying to have a positive show here. I No, I, that is positive. He had a problem. Yeah. He faced it. He dealt with it. And now he's, yeah, he's positive. getting back in shape. Like I'm, I'm proud for him. Yeah, yeah. Me too. You can do it, Ben. I love you, buddy. Absolutely not a knock. Since chasing Amy, I loved him. Have a problem, deal with it, face it, knock it out. Great, great job, Ben. Anyway, uh, this next piece of news, though, I really hope happens. Uh, Michael Giacchino wants to compose Batman. Where is he from? He says, if I had the opportunity, yeah, it depends on who's making it and who's involved, but yeah, I would love to. I love Batman. Uh, now, if you happen to not know who that is or, you know, if you're thinking like, well, he says it depends on who's making it. Well, who's making it is his buddy Matt Reeves, who he worked on uh, War for the Planet of the Apes with. Uh, if you want to know what else he's done, if you just don't know who this cat is, Michael Giacchino has 125 composer credits to his name. You may have heard of a few <laughs> of these. Zootopia, Rogue One, Doctor Strange, Star Trek Beyond, Star Trek Into Darkness. Star Trek, Jurassic World, Inside Out, Tomorrowland, the TV series Fringe, Lost, Alias, Alcatraz, the movie Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, Mission Impossible 3, Speed Racer, 5050, Super 8, Cars 2, Up, Land of the Lost, Ratatouille, The Incredibles, the video game Call of Duty, the video game Medal of Honor Frontline. That, that, this is just a selection, guys. Jesus. Forthcoming right, so project. just every movie he had time to make. Forthcoming projects. Like if Incredibles he wasn't 2, already assigned World 2. a project. <laughs> if he literally had time in his day, apparently he just yeah. did the next thing. Yeah, he's seriously, he's doing work for the Planet of the Apes with Michael Reeves. Or Matt Reeves, sorry, Matt Michael. Matt, yeah. Matthew Reeves. He's also doing Spider-Man Homecoming. And he still wants to do Batman. He loves Batman. He wants to do Batman. I love Michael Giacchino. I listen to his Star Trek uh, stuff on repeat. He's a return to form. He's like in the John Williams camp, but he also has what makes Hans Zimmer great. He's got he's 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 got the theme. He's got the march, but he's also got like the ethereal type of uh, of sound that I that I really love. That made Lost and Fringe really fun. Nice. Even when I heard like the "We're going on a mission" march that he did for Lost and Fringe. Mm-hmm. I still loved him. Like, I have soundtracks by this guy. He's phenomenal. He's just so good. And I would love if he did Batman. Absolutely. Hands down. Yes, please. 
let's make this happen. Nice. Um, now, uh, a piece of news I'm not happy about. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Josh Gad might be the penguin for the Batman movie. Um, he posted a picture of the penguin mm-hmm. with no caption, no context. Some fans kind of freaked out a bit because he's a fat dude, you know, <laughs> if I can say that. That's what he's made his, his career on being like he's been in a lot of comedies as like usually like the witless, overweight guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like Josh Gad. He was in that White House comedy with um, Jenna Elfman. Yeah. Uh, linking to, I guess, Batman composers. Um <laughs> So he was in that movie. Do you remember that movie? That stupid, not that movie, that TV show, that stupid show where he's like the son of the president and he's just awful. Yeah, vaguely. I, um, I do. He's in the new Beauty and the Beast and, you know, he's kind of making a wave right now in Hollywood. And, and he put up a picture of the penguin and then it turns out that like a bunch of people followed him, like high ranking muckety mucks like John Berg and Jeff Johns on Twitter. They followed him. Which you know what that means. Um, so, uh, he might be the penguin. Apparently, like, following someone on Twitter means they're probably the the thing right now. Yeah, and, you know, uh, I am willing to give it a shot. It may not be the end I of the world, but... No. Yeah. I don't like him. I don't like him for the penguin. I don't like him, period. I don't like Josh Gad. Like, I heard him on... Something I don't remember what it was. Frozen, but he actively no. It was a it was an interview show. Um, I don't even know what it was. There comes a point, but <laughs> it may have been an episode of Dennis Miller, like one of Dennis Miller's. I used to, I used to listen to Dennis Miller all the time. Yeah. Um, for you know, he's you, know, you never know when he had had Norm Macdonald on. They would just like talk about old movies and stuff instead of talking about politics. That was nice. That was um, a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah i don't know if it was that or what but it was uh, i don't know i i just i don't care for the guy like i uh i don't i don't know him personally obviously and he might be i'm sure he's a nice guy and everything i've just never liked anything he's done that i've seen and um i can't imagine him as being penguin i feel like it's just like a thing of like oh you're an overweight short guy yeah you're the penguin <laughs> that might be enough i don't know in all fairness, and I'm, that might be enough. I'm, I, no, I'm over here weeping, going, like, why do you not have Badger from Firefly playing the Penguin? What is wrong with you people? Uh, but whatever. That's just me. I don't know if he'd That's fit. That's just me. What? I don't know. Badger is the Penguin! Don't know. Don't know if he'd fit on screen. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know you anymore, man. <laughs> <laughs> Now, over in uh, <laughs> like, uh, an interview with Variety, uh, Guy Ritchie was talking about uh, how he would love to do Suicide Squad. He said, uh, Squoo? Suicide Squad Yeah, too. Suicide Squad. He says, yeah. Suicide Squad. Yeah. He said, uh, I quite it's fancy a doing a movie suicide. about a, a bunch of <laughs> giant squids who um, yeah, yeah uh, lose their ink uh-huh. and try to find the ink. No. He says, I quite fancy doing Suicide Squad 2 because I thought I could do a good job with it. I can't do it because I'm doing something else, but I felt I could really do something with that. Oh. Um, I would, yeah. 
part of me, like the part of me that loves Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, the part of me that loved Snatch, uh, you know, thinks like, yes, let's do that. But then there's the other Those part are of fun me movies. that, I mean, yes. But then there's the other part of me that saw Revolver. And it saw those awful Sherlock Holmes movies with RDJ. Okay, the first one I was pretty like fun. Those. The second one was no bullshit. They were both awful. No, the first they one was pretty boring. fun. Boring. No, boring. I'll stand by the first one. Stand by it. I'm still scoffing at you. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> Someone has to stand up, and I'll be there for it. So second you know, one, if, bullshit. If, if we're talking about you know more lock stock type of stuff, yeah, I can see him doing Suicide Squad too. If we're talking, you know, the other stuff, of course. Like, but he's probably even, past that yeah. in his career at this point. But but you know what? I I honestly feel like Revolver. Even if we disagree about the Sherlock Holmes movies, which people have, people have on Twitter uh, disagree with me about those movies, and that's fine. Uh, even if we disagree with that, they didn't disagree with me about Revolver. Because Revolver was a piece of crap. It was awful. Never watched it. It was awful. Like, when I lived with Matt Carroll over the MCU cast, we watched this thing on, like, Netflix or something. And Revolver was so bad, we we were just, we both hated it vehemently. Like, Matt and I don't agree on movies very often. We hated this thing. (laughs) It was awful. Takes a lot to bring you two together. And we quite enjoy sitting down watching a ridiculous Jason Statham movie, but this was not one that we could get behind. Right. Anyway, so there's a, there's a new Batman, there's a new video out there from Comic Books vs. the World, and uh, it's, uh, it's on YouTube, and I'll provide a link in the show notes, and it's pretty fun. I don't know if you watched this thing, I sent it to you. Uh, I actually, I, think I did. I anyway. did, I did. It, it, um, yeah? I kind of enjoyed, like, I haven't gotten to play with physics in a while. I really loved physics. So, uh, like, for me, this was, like, a nice revisitation. Yeah, this guy is, like, uh, figuring out, and he goes to great lengths to figure out how strong Batman is in Batman v Superman. Right. And um, he calculated the mass of Batman's arm is about 7.3 pounds or 3.3 kilograms. Mm Mm-hmm. And, um... Actually, he figured out. I actually hmm. wished he had not gone between the pounds and kilograms thing as much. I would, I would have been able to remember it better. Yeah, <laughs> he uh, he figured out that the acceleration of Batman's punch is uh, like sixty six point seven stuff. I don't even know. I can't. I'm not a math guy. <laughs> but anyway, multiplying. Uh, I think it was like uh, something Pascal's. I, I I forget the. On that, miles per second, miles per second squared, or something. I don't even know. No, I, I wouldn't but even vote that one. <laughs> I don't have any idea. Uh, he actually said it. I don't remember it. I'm just not a math guy. But uh, basically, uh, 49 pounds of force is his punch, is Batman's punch. And, um, and I, I implore you, if you know what I'm talking if you know what I mean, or know what it really said, and you know I got it wrong, because I know I did. Don't tweet me. I'm not going to remember what you said. I don't care. <laughs> All right. Don't correct me. Now, I, I uh, very quickly, I will run over this, though. <laughs> yeah, um, you do that. I, I did watch that and the Superman one. Just I didn't look at just the Just thought I'd catch up just, just to see what we had to deal with. And yeah. um, 346 kilograms 
is is the the most I could find uh, Bruce Wayne dropping, and it's when he has all the weights on his back and he's dropping them off the uh, off his back, and that doesn't include uh-huh. like there are some things that he didn't include in his math, like um when when you're pulling a tractor tire uh, that rope uh-huh. exercise, it's you're uh-huh. not just pulling six hundred pounds, and that that's uh, I think. He, he said it was 300 or 600 pounds, uh, the average. But you're pulling that versus the um, static friction point. Like, you have to actually... There, there's more math to that. You can't just do, like, pounds uh, this way. No. It's not just, like, mass times 9.8 times this way. Uh, you, you have to actually do extra things to it. So, it, as far as I could find, though, or as far as he said in his videos, it was, like, 346 kilograms, which... roughly 45 ish percent kilograms to to pounds so it's it's we'll call it like 750 pounds 800 ish that uh bruce wayne drops off his back when he's doing the uh the 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 training montage yeah he said that came to like the most was 764 pounds yeah including the bar itself um like that's that's the most of that here's the fun part you go to the batman Mm -hmm. or you go to the superman one there's some child's play in there. There's some like mm-hmm. BVS, and then there's the the subtitle in the background. I gotta give the guy. I gotta give this guy credit, man. It he he did. It's it's very generic math, but it makes sense. It ha, I mean has to do with like density of tectonic plates and volume of 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 the average tectonic ge- plate. That that is not generic math to me. I'm over here counting on my fingers, dude. Like, I'm glad, I'm glad you're thinking, you're looking down on this and going, this is generic math. No, it, this is. No, it, like, it doesn't involve, like, taking out, like, an area and, and doing stuff. It's like, okay. And it, it takes advantage of, like, you know, you remember, like, Superman moves tectonic plate in the background of one yeah, of those, sure. like, news newspaper headlines? Well, yeah. You, you do the generic math of it, and it's like, there are 15 tectonic, tectonic plates on the, on the earth that we have to deal with. And you, you do the math of like mm. what each one might include, and then you do the the math on on. It, really, it's just a matter of of bringing it down to like the average of each, and still, it's twenty four times ten to the eighteenth kilograms. Sure. Which is I say that like I know what you're talking about, which I don't. Which is uh, is like <laughs> it's it's roughly thirty times ten to the thirtieth pounds. Mm-hmm. It's it's literally thirty with thirty zeros behind it. Mm-hmm. That's the amount in this universe that this Superman has moved. Okay, and that's a lot. Thirty, <laughs> and then put thirty zeros behind that. I'm just messing with you at this point, man. And then put L B. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, man. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's a bit. Um, yeah. Uh, now he also he also did. Uh, he figured out that um, the Batman. Uh, sorry, the um, the Batman suit, the armor suit that he fights Superman with at the at the end is uh, tw- makes him twenty eight times stronger. Yeah, it's like eight hundred fifty pounds worth of. Um... Well, 1,420 pounds. Oh! 1,420 pounds of force. Oh, no, I... Yeah. Uh, when he, like, jumps on him in that little, like, skylight shot, it's, like, 850 pounds that he's dropping on him. I don't know. Anyway. Uh, 
we're moving on, I guess. That's a cool video, though. Uh, it, I suggest you go it watch was, it. It was interested. a cool video. It's a cool concept to, like, dick around with. I mean, it's all speculative and kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought we'd heard the last of this kind of story, but why not? Ike Baron Holtz over at the, uh, I don't know, Herald, NZ Herald News. What does NZ stand for? Not zoned? I don't know. New Zealand? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure somebody will tell us. Uh, he played the prison guard Griggs in Suicide Squad, and he, he says that, uh, in, you know, in the scene where Joker's interrogating him, um, he says that Jared Leto came in and um, he's supposed to be intimidating Griggs, and he says he comes in, he's the Joker, and he starts squeezing my tits. He's like panting and moaning, you're a big guy. This is when we were fi- while we were filming. Then he freaking grabs me and kisses me on the mouth. Full kisses me. Cameras were rolling and none of this was in the script. <laughs> I thought, okay, I'm just going to go with it. But then he's like panting and moaning again. Did someone piss their pants? I'm like, now I did because you said I did. <laughs> I want to be more offended. I just keep thinking it's hilarious. <laughs> A little bit. So, uh, last piece of news for the DCEU podcast. Uh, Billy Crudup was answering a question about when The Flash might film. He says, it's unclear at the moment. I think Ezra's schedule, Ezra's a busy man. He's very popular and excellent. So that doesn't uh, really give us a lot of hope for uh, The Flash. That is weird. Yeah, that's that's not a good thing to say. Yeah. No. Well, I don't uh, know. He's kind of too popular to be here on set. It's not that. No, that's not good. <laughs> uh, was that Lorne Michaels? <laughs> no. Just, I don't know. He's really not. He's too popular to be on set. We're not going to really be filming <laughs> the Flash for probably a few years. He's a little too popular. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that's our. That's all of our news. We got some fan feedback. Uh, Sherman Smith on Facebook said, Great cast with Matt Carroll. It was like listening to DC on screen and the MCU cast combined. I understand Matt's annoyance with Abrams. While I don't feel the same way about Abrams, I am annoyed with Nick Spencer, the current writer of the Captain America comics. <laughs> I don't A know what that A lot means. <laughs> of people are. That's the Hydra thing. I Yeah, okay. I, I thought I saw that he was back to being a Hydra guy. I don't know. I don't... I haven't kept up with Captain America comics. Like, honestly, like, look, I love Marvel. I love DC. Last several years, Marvel comics have not been good. They just haven't been good. I haven't liked them. So far, the consensus as far as sales go. Um, They haven't been there. Like Now, I mean, like, they they both tried to do, like, a rebirth event, and Marvel was doing really well. Like, the last 10 years, Marvel was beating them. And then the last couple years, uh, well, the last year or so. And the rebirth event, um, DC is actually kind of getting it back. Yeah, I, I feel bad for them because Marvel's in a tough place. Like they did like this like New Fifty Two rebirth type of thing over there in the comics, and like they killed Peter Parker, and they brought in Miles Morales, who's like an ethnic kid. He's like Spanish and black or something. And apparently, as a fan favorite, you know, they turned Iron Man to like a fifteen year old black girl. They like brought that in. And they they made uh, they turned they got Falcon to be Captain America, 
And they did all this stuff where they changed everybody up ethnically and gender-wise, and uh, the sales really dropped, which is, that's not the reason. I've read some of the stuff. It's bad writing, period. Mm. Uh, that's the issue. I mean, yes, it's not great that you have movies out with certain characters and then your comics have completely different characters. They probably should have thought that through a little better. But um, And now they're going through a thing where they're like, okay, we're going back to the old characters, all the old characters, and we're doing away with all these ethnic characters, and now all of a sudden it's just like, why would you do away with all the ethnic characters? No, you, you work yourself into a weird place there. It's, I feel bad for them in a way, but I kind of like, you did this to yourselves. Yeah. Um, no, I, uh, I mean, Morales again, though I read did actually go well. over pretty well as far as I hear. Oh yeah, like he yeah, went over great. I think um, the I hear they're getting rid of him too, though. I don't understand why. Yeah, the 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 girl who replaced Iron Man, not as much. Yeah, I don't know what that was about. I think I think it's just <laughs> I don't know. I I think people just gotten used to. I think they just didn't want to leave Iron Man at this point. <laughs> I mean, I think we're at, well. Look, I mean, the, like I said, the issue is, you know, you go and you, you see an Iron Man movie, you got Tony Stark, or in some cases, Tony Stank, whatever one you want to, <laughs> you want to adhere to. That's right. I enjoyed parts of that movie. Mm-hmm. And then you go over, you go to your comic shop and you go, oh, I'd like to see, you know, pick up an Iron Man and you pick up an Iron Man and you're like, oh, look at the Iron Man doing the thing. And then Iron Man takes off his helmet. It's like a 15 year old girl. What? Or where's Tony? What oh. did I miss? And you're like, well, maybe I'll go check out this Captain America because I enjoyed that movie a fair amount. Why is he Hydra? What happened? Why is he on the other team? Like, sometimes he's Falcon and sometimes he's Hydra. I don't know what that means. I have no idea what's going on with these books, but it all seems awful. Um, And, you know, I've just seen people posting, you know, uh, Marvel fans even, like, posting scans of of the books and going, like, what is this dialogue? And I'm looking at the dialogue going, this is really bad. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want any of this to be bad, though. So, any you know. any Marvel fans, just take heart. Like these things happen over the course of years. It it, I mean, like DC fans, we all just went through fifty two. It was kind of just not great. Yeah, I'm, I'm being kind. I'm Look, being kind I mean, by describing it that way. It was not hey. great. Rebirth is is actually like a a lot better direction. I I feel like we're, you know, we're moving you know in why? the right way. You know why? Because they're restoring the things that we loved. Yes, because they're pretty much <laughs> bringing back the original timeline and and like focusing um, on. I I think focusing a lot on the things that went poorly. Yeah, like um, focusing on the feedback of like, well, this didn't go well. We yeah, should but, probably have um, Diane and Oliver hook up again. Importantly, though, importantly, I think it's uh, reboot times or tumultuous times for all comic book fans. They are. Um, it's risky, and I actually respect the executives for like doing it. I like. I. I don't. No, I actually <laughs> I do. I really do. It's. It's. <sighs> There's a moment where like you, your cells are at a point. And you have to make a decision. You have to like take a chance. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot of balls to take that chance. Now, when you get it wrong and you like admit it later and run the other way with it, even more points. But I mean, yeah, but it, it's a know, business at the end of the day, and you, like you have to take a chance every now and then and just yeah. do something out of left field. And like I get that, but yeah. And, you know, and I think it was one of the things they have going for them is the fact that the mainstream media doesn't understand, period. 
So, like, you kill Superman for just a minute. They're like, they're killing Superman The lo- ever since 19. And, like, no, no. Don't bring in the 30s. No. no. This, you don't understand the multiverse, you know? <laughs> uh, anyway. Until you can um, talk confidently about the crises, don't bring this up. So, to Sherman Smith, I say, you know, take heart. I'm sure it'll not be the same thing soon. I'm sure they'll rewrite that or undo that somehow. Yeah, absolutely. And if they don't, well, that's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I to don't sum know it what up, else to say. Well, that's dumb. But I also I hate Hydra. I'm so tired of Hydra. Like, oh I've yeah. Had, like two I'm or three just movies bored with, with Nazi storylines in general. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of you know whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Brooklyn Batman over on Twitter uh, at Abandapart94, he says, uh, tell Jason he was missed. Loved the Feige joke. LMAO. I replied to him on Twitter. I don't know what the Feige joke was. Like he said, like uh, he, there was another tweet where he said, I burned Feige. Kevin Feige, the, you know, the guy over the MCU cat, uh, MCU uh, uh, cinematic universe there. I don't know what I said. And I haven't had time to go back and listen to it. I um, I I I haven't had time either to to go back and listen to what I, can't I missed. Think of, I can't think of anything I know about Kevin Feige that I could stick him on. <laughs> I hopefully he'll write in. I I can also say though, like uh, I I'm sorry. I would rather have been here too. I was hugging porcelain when this thing was recorded. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, you were missed, though, so that's a good thing. I, I really appreciate being missed. That's uh, Yeah, it's better than coming back and being like, never let Jason back on the show. <laughs> yeah, that would have been absolutely heartbreaking, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, last week on the show, Matt asked me if the Flying Fox in Justice League was a reference to Lucius Fox, and I was like, oh, probably so. Eli Ophelders, who has his own phenomenal podcast called Stealing the Remote, uh says flying fox has nothing favorite to... concepts of all time oh yeah like he he basically forces his mom to watch movies that he enjoys yeah just conceptually a plus it's phenomenal she's just like there is too much violence i do not like it <laughs> <laughs> why is there so much violence hmm. it's pretty amazing and he just like pitches her on these shows that they've just watched she's like i fell asleep i don't know <laughs> It's, it's really phenomenal. They're hilarious. They're great. Nice. Uh, but he says, Flying Fox has nothing to do with Lucius Fox or foxes. Apparently, it's the largest species of bat on the planet. <laughs> Which is cool. I didn't know that. That's, yeah, points. Which, oddly, I feel like I did know that and then igno- and just forgot it. Like, I feel like we <laughs> talked about it on the show somewhere. It's I don't, one of those I don't remember ever talking about that in particular. Um, there was also a point in the show last week where, uh, me and Matt discussed Batman Returns and the awful Catwoman line, life's a bitch and now so am I. And Eli writes, I feel like the life's a bitch and now so am I line could have worked only if Michelle Pfeiffer had been dog woman. Oh, <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> I thought that was funny. So I included it in the no, show. That would be fantastic if it was like, all right, imagine the killing joke. But as portrayed by dogs. I'd rather not. Yeah, hang with me. And mm. when when she tells the pre-Joker comedian that she's pregnant, 
imagine that line. We are DC on screen. <laughs> it's pretty much it's pretty much the only place I could actually put it. <laughs> oh. You can find every episode. I'm good with just walking away from what just happened. I'm okay. You can find every episode of DC. Stroll stroll in the opposite direction. I'm trying like hell, buddy. (laughs) DConscreen.com, guys, for every free episode. And that's all of them. That's all 378 of them at this point. Oh, And uh, you can talk. I know, right? Yeah. You can talk to us on, uh, go over and talk to us on Twitter or Facebook, DC on screen. That's one word. You can even hit us up on Instagram if you're feeling special sporty. Uh, we occasionally will drop some pictures there. And um, we're going to be coming right back with a DC TV news episode. Uh, we are proud members of the Giant Says Team Up Network. A lot of good shows over there, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, for instance, and uh, panel by panel and breaking the panel and. Uh, God, booze and phasers. I never remember all of them. There's so many of them. Now. There's a lot of them. That network has grown like mad. Yeah. And um, also, proud members of the Batman Podcast Network. Uh, like I said, coming right back with DC TV news. And uh, we love you guys. Until next time, keep some DC on your screen. <laughs>